Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Writing in Open Democracy UK, an independent global media platform, Dr. David Hirsch noted the following. Anti-Semitism isn't just about individual intent. It's about culture and stories and practices. And the UK Labour Party has a serious problem. Close quote. He continues to say that in a quote again. There is currently an unprecedented consensus within the Jewish community in Britain that there is a serious problem of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. Dr. Dave Hirsch is a senior lecturer in sociology at Goldsmiths University of London. He is one of the world's authorities on anti-Semitism in the left and has ex- written extensively on the topic, including in his recent book, Contemporary Left Anti-Semitism. Dr. Hirsch, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Um, I can hardly hear you, but hi. So, Dr. Hirsch, you're going to be doing the talking in that case because we can hear you. Um, Dr. Hirsch, what has brought this issue to the fore? Well, there's been an uptick of things that are worrying us, um, particularly in the last few weeks, actually. Um, first, there was the issue of Labour refusing to accept the internationally recognised definition of anti-Semitism. And what they did is they went and created their kind of homemade version instead. And uh, the reason they did that is because they wanted to exclude from what they considered to be anti-Semitic certain things which everybody else considered to be anti-Semitic. So they wanted to say in particular that it wasn't anti-Semitic for people to compare... Um, what Israel does with the Nazis, and they wanted to say that nothing was anti-Semitic which related to Israel unless there was an anti-Semitic intent, which, of course, is a really clean break from anything that we've been thinking about in the sociology of race and racism for the last, I don't know, four decades, when people have come to understand that um, racism is not just a sort of malicious intent, a kind of moral failure inside people's heads. But racism is about ways of thinking, about structures of power, about norms, practices, institutions, and the rest of it. So the homemade um, definition of anti-Semitism was a worry. And, and then what we saw, which we haven't seen before, was a kind of real unity from within the Jewish community. Um, so we had the three competing Jewish newspapers in Britain all came out with the same headline. And this, and there is this great, big, powerful consensus amongst British Jews, firstly, that there's a serious issue of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, and secondly, that that was kind of symbolised by the refusal to accept the internationally recognised definition of anti-Semitism. And the three papers had identical front pages, the Union of Jewish Students, the Board of Deputies of British Jews, the Jewish Leadership Council, the Community Security Trust. Um, there was a letter signed by, um, I think, 70 rabbis from different denominations, uh, from liberal Judaism, Reform Judaism, Masorti Judaism, United Judaism. The Jewish um, journalists are all kind of you know, completely consensual on this issue. Uh, Jonathan Friedland, David Aronovich, Hadley Freeman, um, Nick Cohen, um, the Jewish student scholars of anti-Semitism, 
um, I don't know, David Seymour and Leslie Clough and Philip Spencer and myself and a whole, you know, load of other people. There's, so there's this really strong consensus that there's a problem. And there's this tiny opposition to that consensus, which is a sort of very small number of anti-Zionist Jews who, who say, no, no, the Jewish community is making it all up. And, and this is really the nub of the issue, that um, the, 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 um, what they say isn't that we're a bit paranoid, we've made a terrible mistake. What they say is we're making it up. We're part of a conspiracy to try to use a really dirty, foul, disgusting means of, of, of saying there's anti-Semitism when there isn't to win the Israel-Palestine debate. So every time Jewish people raise the issue of anti-Semitism, other people slap them down by raising Israel, Israel, Israel. If you talk about anti-Semitism, others will just talk about, you know, the evils of Israel. And, and, and of course, there's very little connection, actually. Um, so... What happened then as part of that big row in the Labour Party, and this is only the last few weeks, um, two very senior um, MPs, Labour MPs, challenged uh, what had happened. Margaret Hodge kind of lost her temper with Jeremy Corbyn and uh, shouted out that he was a racist and an anti-Semite. And uh, when, when contacted by the Jewish Chronicle, actually, she was asked if the quote was correct, and she said, yes, but I didn't swear. <laughs> and so... And Ian Austin got into a similar row with, I think, the, with some functionary of the Labour Party. But the interesting thing then was that the Labour Party moved to take disciplinary action against the people complaining about anti-Semitism. And that's one of the things that we're seeing more and more, is that the people who are raising the issue of anti-Semitism are considered to be more threatening and hostile to the progressive movement than the people who are actually slipping into anti-Semitism themselves. And so the party machinery was mobilized to, to try to uh, portray Jeremy Corbyn as the victim mm. and the people who, who worry about anti-Semitism as the perpetrators. So the you know, people who embrace and license and legitimize anti-Semitism are seen as kind of allowing and, and hearing the voice of the oppressed. And people who are concerned about anti-Semitism, who oppose anti-Semitism, are seen as the voice of the Zionists and the, and the imperialists and, and the, the right and the Blairites and all of these other awful, terrible things. Um, this weekend, there was the story about the reef laying... Um, uh, uh, so Jeremy Corbyn was photographed um, laying a reef um, in the Palestinian cemetery in Tunis, and, in fact, there were two incidents that were photographed. One was that he was photographed um, laying a wreath on the memorial for the Israeli bombing of, of the PLO headquarters in Tunis in 1985. And the other incident that was captured was Jeremy Corbyn right at the front of the group laying a wreath um, in the same cemetery in a place close by um, for uh, a number of, uh, Palestinian leaders who were the leaders of Black September, who w were assassinated by Israel, presumably, um, much later in Paris. And Corbyn, at the time, was very clear that there were these two different memorials. And now he says, no, this is just a witch hunt. I support peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. 
and he kind of obfuscates. And his supporters are getting more and more angry, and they're saying, this is fake, this is a smear. And it isn't a smear. Jeremy Corbyn did lay a wreath at the grave of people who planned uh, the attack on the Jewish Olympians in 1972 in Munich, um, the attack which resulted in the murder of 11 Jewish Olympians, in their torture, in, you know, terrible, terrible things were done to them, people were castrated, and, you know, Corbyn lays a wreath, and then when he's challenged on it, he falls back on a whole number of different stories. He said, well, what was the quote? Let me find the quote. I was present when the wreath was laid. I don't think I was actually involved. So mm -hmm. a kind of, you know, a kind of Bill Clinton, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> and then at other moments, he um, he said, yes, I laid a wreath, but only for the victims of the Israeli bombing of 1985, which we know is not true. I mean, what Corbyn could say, you know, his strongest response would be to say, well, some of these guys who were involved in Black September in the 70s, later, by the time the wreath was, you know, laid in, in 2014, later had become part of the peace movement. And so Corbyn could have said that he was honouring these guys who renounced violence and became part of the peace movement. He didn't say that either. Perhaps he just doesn't understand for whom he's laying a wreath. You know, he probably goes along on the bus when they're all going to the wreath laying and just participates. Maybe he doesn't want to say that because he doesn't want to support the peace faction in the PLO against the, the, the democratic secular state faction, the, the, the Israel eliminationist faction. Maybe he's just too slow to tell the truth. But then there's this great big upsurge from my kind of comrade in the Labour Party who were attacking us for supporting a smear, for supporting you know, the fake news that Corbyn laid this wreath. And, of course, Corbyn did lay the wreath. Hannah Arendt said once that the problem with official lies mm. isn't that people believe them, but the problem is that they come to, to believe that there's no such thing as truth at all. <laughs> and Jonathan Friedland in his column talked about um, I think a tribal epistemology, the idea that, that we are coming to a place where we judge what is true, not by the evidence and not by what actually happened, but by what the people who we like and who we support are saying. Um, the conference itself, actually, that uh, Corbyn attended in 2014 was a, a kind of unity stunt um, in the wake of uh, one of the Gaza conflicts in which Fatah and Hamas were trying to come together in some kind of Palestinian unity. Um, of course, this, you know, project doesn't succeed because there's no unity between those people in either organization who want peace with the Israelis on the one hand and people in either organization who are anti-Semitic and who want to eliminate Israel on the other. So, so the whole... And, and, and then Corbyn says, he, he always kind of poses as the peace guy. You know, like the Communist Party guys in the 50s, they always said, oh, well, we're for peace, when actually they supported Stalin. <laughs> so Corbyn says, well, actually, I'm for peace. But he's not for peace. You know, he supported the most belligerent people in the Israel-Palestine conflict. He doesn't just support the Palestinians in general. He supports Hamas and, and you know, Black September. And... 
similarly, when he looks at the Irish conflict, he says, well, I was for peace, I was for talking. But no, he supported the IRA, for example, rather than the SDLP, the Social Democratic Party, which was looking for peace. So this is a kind of fundamental dishonesty mm. that he portrays. And, and, you know, he could just come out with it honestly. And the truth is, he believes the world is split between imperialism and anti-imperialism, and he supports the anti-imperialist forces, and he supports the most uh, militant anti-imperialist forces. That's why he worked for the Iranian government for press TV, for Iranian propaganda, because he thinks that they are a, a challenge to imperialism. So he could just say that. He could just come clean with what he thinks, that he supports the underdog against imperialism. Dr. Hirsch? But he doesn't do that. He kind of pretends, and he says, I'm for peace, I'm for, for um, discussions. Dr. Hirsch? Um, so, and, and the other thing I, I would just say in relation to that, I mean, look, one wreath at one ceremony in itself might not necessarily be a big deal. He might not have known, he might not have thought, he might, you know, it might be a mistake. But, but with Jeremy Corbyn, this happens all the time. So, you know, as I said, he worked for Press TV, for the Iranian propaganda outfit. He jumped to the defense of anti-Semites, of Rad Salah, the blood libel, of uh, Stephen Sizer, the um, conspiracist Church of England uh, vicar. He jumped to the defense of the people who created the Nazi-looking um, mural, which showed Jewish capitalists, um, getting ripped over the, the bodies of, of, of the poor. Um, you know, this is, this is Corbyn's politics. <laughs> and Corbyn has this worldview that splits everything into two, into good and bad, and he puts democratic states on the bad. And he sees Israel and Palestine at the very center of it, and Israel as a very kind of important keystone position of everything that's wrong in the world. And that leads him to symbolize, to, to identify his own place in the world in relation to the badness of Israel. And that's very close already to an anti-Semitic worldview. So, you know, he could come clean with his kind of radical politics, but he's afraid that then that might make him look bad. So what he does is he dithers <laughs> and he pretends and he just dissimulates and, um, and shouts fake news. Um, Dr. Hirsch, my last question to yeah. you would be, you speak about an unprecedented unity among Jews in the UK in recognizing that this is anti-Semitism. What is the mood? Is the mood to try and change it? Is the mood to, to leave the country? What is the feeling among our... Well, I think the mood is, is actually... I'm, the, the mood is really difficult at the moment. So... I mean, maybe people are more accustomed to this question in South Africa, actually, in the Jewish community over the last 20 years. But people, more than one, you know, a number of separate people have come to me in the last few months and have said, look, David, you know, you're the expert in anti-Semitism. When should Jews leave Britain? And, and I am just kind of completely scandalized that this question should be asked of me. Um, and, you know, the answer, of course, is, well, be, you know, calm down, be, be, it's okay at the moment, don't, you know, and but the very fact that they ask that question scandalizes me. My mum was a refugee from Germany when she got a British passport, you know, she, 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 what is it, 
she won the lottery of life. She got British citizenship, and, and the British passport was the best passport she could possibly have had as an eight-year-old girl. And I'm kind of scandalized that I don't really quite feel like that anymore. And, and there's a, a kind of um, coming together of, of a wider populist problem in Britain. So, so um, the whole issue of Brexit is not being dealt with, is not being dealt with in a kind of rational way, political way, that, you know, Theresa May is kind of bumbling onto what might turn out in only a few months to be a, a real economic and political crisis in Britain. And given the background of that, the background being that racism and anti-Semitism have kind of moved into the mainstream of British discourse. So on the one hand, we might have political and economic crisis on the way. On the other hand, we, we have Islamophobia and anti-Semitism and xenophobia, hatred of foreigners, hatred of the European Union, all becoming respectable discourses. And those two things, when they come together, could be something that's really frightening. So I'm not saying to people anymore, don't be silly, calm down. I'm saying to people, look, we're fine in Britain. And there's a surreal atmosphere because Britain feels as it always has. Britain feels fine. But, you know, if people can get passports, they should get passports. If children can learn languages, they should learn languages. <laughs> um, and if people want to think about how they might earn a living and where they might go, I think that's reasonable. And the very fact that I'm saying things like that should be a real warning um, that, that, you know, the mood is, is not good. Well, we have to leave it there, but thank you so much, Dr. David Hirsch, for joining me. And we'll, we'll certainly follow up on this uh, topic as, uh, as we get closer to your elections, because I imagine things will get even more heated. Thanks, Sharif. Thank you. That, that was uh, Dr. David Hirsch, an anti-Semitism expert from the UK, talking about the Labour Party.